You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. You're listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and this is... Season 4, episode 15. And if I sound low energy, lethargic, listless, lost, well, it's pretty appropriate because that's exactly what the New York Rangers are right now. They have lost two games in a row to two of the worst teams in the league, back-to-back on home ice and find themselves looking for answers, uh, looking to figure out where it all went wrong. And honestly, for the fans, and hell, even the potentially the front office, the coaching staff, and the players himself, trying to figure out where to put the blame. Um, We're going to unpack all that on today's episode. Hey, everyone, it's Andy here. Uh, Coming at you solo, uh, mostly because... If it was both James and I, this would just be more depressing than it already is going to be. But um, I mean, I'm kidding. But James had a prior commitment tonight, but don't worry. I am here and I have the unenviable task of unpacking just the depths to, to which the New York Rangers have fallen to. Um, so I guess we have to get right into it, right? Let's just uh, roll up the sleeves and. Uh, wade right into this murky, murky water. Um, where to start? Jeez. So after our last podcast, we spoke about how as tough had things had been, the Rangers had, and you know, they had a nice bounce back win on the road in Ottawa where they seem to be good. They're good on the road this year, but at home, they've been absolutely miserable. They've dropped five of their last six games, uh, 10 of their last 15. And a place that is supposed to, you're supposed to be able to feed off of the energy of your home crowd and get some support. Uh, They just can't, it's not enough. They, facing up against the Ottawa Senators on um, right after, on the turnaround on their first of the two-game homestand, they they have the lead going into the dying minutes of the third period. Vitaly Kraftsoff 
after having a good game, reinserted into the lineup in Ottawa, scores his first goal of the NHL season. So good for him. And it looks like things are going well. And, you know, the Rangers proceed to play the rest of the game with kind of a, I don't know, up and down effort. It wasn't so bad by any means. Uh, but holding on to a lead literally on a failed clear. I think someone tries to clear it. Um, the puck hits Jake Truba, who has just been such a victim of wrong place, wrong time. He's having such a tough season with his injury. And of course, I don't know if I blame him for being in the way. He's just trying to, you know, be ready to support the puck if he can. But it basically, it gets, they try to clear, it hits him. Then he tries to clear, it gets knocked down and then just from by Thomas Shabbat um, and just put in and on a tip from Brady Kachuk, who basically put the Ottawa Senators on his back that entire game and willed them to a win, eventually getting the win in overtime when the Rangers fail to convert. Once again, Adam Fox makes a nice move, uh, gets a little too ch- uh, cheeky, and just Panarin a little just not fast enough and hard enough on a back check. Uh, He's able to, uh, Brady Kachuk goes streaking down to the other end and just slides it, you know, uh, forehand, backhand, quickly backhand through Igor's five hole along the ice where he's been getting exposed a lot this season. And yeah, just, uh, it was a stun, stunning loss from literally defeat from the jaws of victory type that the team knew had to be better. And then they play a Chicago Blackhawks team the next night who I forget, I think they hadn't, they'd lost seven in a row or eight in a row and just put up a pretty listless performance. I mean, there was some, the only fight really in that game was from one of their players who's struggling the most, their captain, Jacob True, but he throws a huge hit on Andreas Athanasiu, who actually took to the media today to kind of call Truba out. Um, he said, and I quote, He's an $8 million man with zero goals, so he has to figure out how to do something when making that much. If you can't help the team, I guess you try to hurt guys on the other team. Um, as some might remember, last year in Chicago, Truba laid out Jujar Kera, and he had to get uh, stretchered out of the building. So already no love lost amongst uh, Jacob Truba and the Chicago Blackhawks. So uh, yeah, just not a... So there was a spirited tilt... Coming out of that, where uh, Truba and uh, Goudreau throwing down with Jonathan Taze, um, and I forget who else from the Blackhawks. After the scrap, um, as he's headed to the locker room, he wings his uh, helmet at the dasher and then screams, wake up at his teammates, just trying to get something going. And they did score eventually in the power play after that, but it just wasn't enough. I think Chicago ends up going, because they were up 3 nothing at that point. They score one. But then the third period, I think Chicago scored again on another deflection. Just too sloppy, too listless. And just everyone, it's bad right now, folks. Uh, Just too much gripping the sticks. Too much just trying to do the extra thing. And I think the biggest shame is that at least earlier in the year, they were outplaying teams. But I think they're just, everyone is so snake bit and gun shy. And they didn't like the fact that they're, they were getting all these chances, but they weren't going in. So now they're even holding on to the puck more. So now they're not even getting as many chances as they were getting. At least when they were losing earlier in the year, they were wigging everything on net and they were getting like 40 plus shots a game. But they just, instead of trying to just break through that and keep doing the ugly things, they've almost reverted to 
a shell of what they were this season and last season in that they're not generating enough. They are not executing and finishing on the fancy plays they used to, and they're not generating some of the grit they were that they weren't scoring on earlier in the year. And it's just so sad. And I mean, the post-game presser from Truba and Gallant was, and a few of the other players, pretty fascinating to watch. Gallant seemed a little bit higher on, which in recent days has been kind of a head-scratcher, was higher on their performance than you would have thought. And it's weird to know if that's a weird trying to spin it or obfuscate uh, feel or spare feelings or obfuscate himself from blame or, uh, and but meanwhile Truba just says he uses words carefully, he's in stunned silence, and I think he talks about some players just not be playing with enough emotion and hard enough, just going for a stroll. And you have to wonder, is that a veiled shot across the bow at a player like Artemi Panarin? Uh, you know, just guys who coughing up pucks, just trying to do fancy plays instead of trying to do hard, be hard on pucks and make safe plays. Uh, you know, Truba, they get scored on because Panarin tries to make a force a pass that goes the other way. Truba takes a slash, shing penalty. Um, and yeah, it's just, you really wonder what's going on in that locker room. And I mean, for a team who's... N- Basically, their motto last year was no quit New York, and they had earned it with their comeback victories and just not giving up, even when they lost, just not quitting. This team is quitting. They quit when they're, they have leads. They quit when they're chasing leads. They just, they're, they're quitters. It's so disheartening to see, and it's just kind of mind-boggling. And there's so much resentment from the fans right now, and rightfully so, because again, they were sold on a rebuild and trying to do things the right way. And with all the success they seemed to have last year, you thought, okay, they're finally turned that corner. And then especially the way they started the first few game segments where they looked great. They won a few games and even the ones they lost, they were still out shooting opponents. And then it just seemed that, I don't know if it's the lack of depth or too many cooks in the kitchen or... It just everyone's confidence eroded. Uh, Gallant couldn't help himself with the line blender and moved away from some of the, the, even though they were generating at their original combos, just moved away from them. The kids are still not getting prime minutes. And the power play, that's not succeeding right now, maybe once in a blue moon, nowhere near as effective as last year because it feels like teams have keyed in on how it works and went to block advantage at from that big one-timer, even though he did score on one the other game. Uh, the kids are still not getting put in those prime positions. So they're underperforming. And yeah, I mean, that's obviously partially on them. But at the same time, it's like, if you're not going to empower them, you can't be surprised when they don't perform. Because if they've never gotten that confidence, and you can say, oh, well, no, they've gotten looks on the top, but they've been moved for arbitrary reasons. Arbitrary reasons. I mean, Gerard Gallant... It, it took him how long to put Vitaly Kravtsov in, who clearly has, who has looked better, honestly, in the last few games than Kako and Lafreniere, just because he's excited to get back in the lineup. But it's just, you, they're, tr- I've said this before, this is a team that is constantly trying to do, bite its nose off to spite its face, and they're trying to develop players on the fly while being a, a winning team. I don't know if that works. I think it's like, if I, I hate to say this, folks, 
this might be one of the best things that happens to this team. If they want to have any real success, um, take a step back, let the kids play on the first power play, let them have the most ice time, let them take on top lines. I would just take the kid line and make them your de facto first line and just see how it goes. Because that's the future of the team, right? Knowing Chris Drury, I, which, and I hope I'm wrong, you can't, if he tries to flip one of them, of Kako or Lafreniere, or he'll even, for help, quote-unquote, like another aging, I don't know what I'm going to do. I might have to, I don't know. I might have to become like a Coyotes fan, because <laughs> uh, I'm kidding, but I'm also not kidding. But, it, yeah, it's just... It's such a chicken or the egg situation with the underperforming young players this team has drafted, especially if you look at a team like the Devils at Crosstown Rivals who had drafted all these young players and kept putting them out in big minutes, even through losing seasons. And then finally, when they all popped, they were all ready to, to excel in the minutes they're getting and the positions they're getting. And the Rangers have just been so reticent to do that. So uh, it's really, um, yeah, it's really disheartening. James and I have obviously been talking a lot about this going on. Um, and even though he cannot be on tonight's podcast, he did mention that I could uh, relay his comments about this team, just what really ails them. And I'm going to do that for you now. Uh, he said to me, you know, almost every team has uh, high draft picks. They pretty much anoint these kids captain right away. But the Rangers kids uh, had to be developed, and he has that in quotes. Uh, he can understand a player like Miller or Jones or Schneider, but Kako and Lafreniere, why should they have to be developed? He's not saying that they should be 100-point players in year one, but drafting first and second overall means you should at least start to touch you know, uh, elite-level play in a couple of years. And he thinks the Rangers truly messed them up, and not just with the coaching. Uh, James says he thinks that our leaders, as in the leaders in the New York Rangers, are, he uses the S word, folks, he says, shit. <laughs> they aren't interested in being leaders. They just want their freedom to play as they want, which is why they disliked Quinn, which is a not so uh, open secret, or dislike might be a strong word, but why they were at odds with his coaching style. And now that their shtick is up around the league and their team is easy to defend, uh, now are we going to point fingers? They got the, the Rangers got rid of uh, Tony D'Angelo. They got rid of uh, David Quinn. They got rid of uh, Alexander Georgiev. But maybe, just maybe, Kreider, Zabanajad, Truba are the problems. And I would even add Panarin to that as well. Because that's the thing. At this point, it's, it, there's been so much talk about the kids underperforming, but high, their kids are not the highest paid players. Yeah, sure, they have the pedigree, but why should they be expected to be the saviors of this team? And in fairness, yes. Zabanajad, that top line might actually be finding some one of the few producing lines uh, this year, but it's still not going the way it needs to be going. I mean, obviously Jimmy Vesey's a first line player. That's a problem. Why they cannot put go back to putting Kako on that for top line? I have no reason why when he was having the most success. Uh, but yeah, I mean, folks, it's just it's a uh, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. <laughs> Hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. And if that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I think the question on everyone's mind is, what will the New York Rangers do this season? Are they gonna, is Chris Drury going to change something up? Are they still going to go after a Patrick Kane-type player at the deadline to try, to try to get in the playoffs, not even to put them over the top? And speaking of that, Patrick Kane, who from all accounts has already been kind of on the fence of whether or not to finish the season in Chicago just because he's chasing a few records there, I think games played and things of that nature. After that audition, do you think he wants to join this New York Rangers team? I don't. So, and obviously, if you're seeing the Rangers do this with their two first round picks, uh, oh, oh, of course, Nils Lungfist, you probably would rather have right now than one of those, especially how good Dallas looks this year. So it'll be a high pick anyway. In a very deep draft, if I'm, as a Rangers fan, I don't want them to deal those picks right now because I. I don't think there's any reality in which they're used, at least for a player that currently exists in the league, uh, that would be a valuable asset to this team moving forward. Maybe there is, but knowing Chris Drury's track record, I'm, I'm not so confident that, and that in fairness to him, he did do a great job diagnosing the type of players the Rangers need at the deadline last year, but this is looking for for players going forward because it looks like they're not making the playoffs this year. So especially in a, such a deep draft like this one, you know, one of them might be a lottery pick. I mean, if you have a, a, a snowball's chance in hell of drafting, you know, not even Connor Bedard, but, you know, Adam Fantilli or Matt Vaynichkov or in the, even in the top five, you, you cannot throw that away because at least one of those players could maybe be the, the young anointed player this team so desperately wants. And as every passing day goes, I know I was saying the Rangers haven't done a good job empowering them, but you see Lafreniere taking step backwards. You see Kako, who can be dominant some games and looked lost and inconsistent other games. Just, and just too much not confidence in their own abilities. When they have a chance to take the puck to the net, just kind of sec- you can just see the hesitation, the second-guessing themselves, and not just the will to try to make something happen. I, probably because they're afraid they're going to get demoted or something other, or just because it's been like that way for three seasons. So they finally, when instead of saying, I got to put the team on my back or try something different here to break up the flow of this game, they just can't do it. So you hope at least one of those young players can. But, ah, uh, man, it's a big, you know, it, it's, I don't remember the last time it felt this concerning especially even even through the Rangers rebuilding the last few years. It's just, you know, obviously the, the biggest question is what does this mean for Gerard Gallant? Is his seat hot? You imagine it would be, but it's hard to tell, especially at, after what they did last year. You'd assume that he's only, this was only his second year with the team, and his first year was a 
fairly successful one. So it hasn't really been enough time for them to make a move. And, uh, you know, I, unless, unless it was a, a, for an upgrade, like a Barry Trotz type, but that might be a topic for another podcast, which I don't necessarily think happens. Uh, you have to, I would, I'm fascinated to know what Chris Drury is thinking right now or what he's feeling. I know he's not happy, but just what his thought process is, what his, uh, did, you know, the Rangers need a change of some sort. And it just, if you keep waiting for it to come from within, I think you can, you know, you can take a dump in one hand and wish in the other and see which one fills up faster. Cause I, because right now it's just the Rangers do not seem to have any answers from within. They keep saying the same and parroting the same things and nothing changes. So it's get, in fact, it get, it's getting worse and it's, you know, you have to see what happens now. I mean, they, they were supposed to use these last two games against easy teams to catapult them into one of the most difficult stretches of hockey they'll probably play all year. And now they got one point out of a total of four, losing both games. They play the Blues tomorrow, the Golden Knights on Wednesday. The, uh, they, uh, sorry, I'm trying to go f- forward here. Yeah, uh, Blues tomorrow, Golden Knights on Wednesday, the Avalanche on Friday, the Devils the following Monday, the Maple Leafs the following Thursday. So that's, this is going to be a murderer's row for this team that sucks right now, right? So after those five games, which honestly, they could lose them all. And, and if they do, it's, it's pretty much over. So if it's not all, already over already. So yeah, I, and you know, it's tough on the one hand, a part of me is like, is it better for this team to, to just realize what it actually is now? But there's obviously that part of me that doesn't want to admit that this is what this team is, that I saw that team that came out flying against Tampa in the first game of the season. I saw that team that even though the puck wasn't going in the net, they were playing well and putting up multiple shots, even though Igor is having it really fighting it this year and being inconsistent. But it's just, they're very mentally uh, fragile. And that's a problem. I mean, why the leaders on this team, supposedly, cannot get things course corrected, even for one game. Or it seems... And all these weird allusions to not everyone pulling the rope and doing what they want and not putting in the effort. It's just, it's disheartening because you feel like if they're going to do something special, this team ever, it just, everyone needs to be pulling the same rope, kind of like they were last year, even though they were a little outgunned a little bit, but they, they still did it. And that's not this team, man. It's just very disappointing and, and disheartening. And, you know, it's funny, uh, at, at, the more I think about it, Thinking about uh, Brendan Othman, the Rangers rookie currently, who got sent back to junior. Not that he's ready to play in the NHL, mind you, but uh, playing against his former team in the Flint Firebirds, scoring against them to to pull the, his team within one, and then almost kind of mock, not mocking, well, maybe, or giving it to his former team's bench, kind of like rubbing salt in the wound, kind of rubbing it in a little bit, and he gets a five minute uh you know misconduct for i don't know unsportsmanlike i guess uh it's weird i think and it's crazy to say this but that's kind of what the mentality i think this team needs more they need to be a little bit it's you know it's i think they think 
like toughness and hard to play against means like on the ice, just it's, it's just more of a mentality and they don't have, it. it's just, and it's if Truba can throw big hits and whatever, they can give guys rough red thing, you know, rough rides in the corner and, and they can be scrums near the net all they want, but it's not the same thing as just having that mentality built into you that you are going to impose your will on the other team, much like Brady Kachuk did to the Rangers literally put the team on his back would not be denied and 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 basically came through for them so the rangers need that they don't have that i mean you don't really it's you know and listen i mean you hope in the next couple of seasons if they can get um player like Othman up a player like adam sakura up who is a pain in the ass to get play against a player like brett berard who is all hustle and no quit i mean that this is a team that can find that footing, but who's going to lead that next wave? Is it going to be Kako and Lafreniere as they are now? Who's to say Kreider will make it out of this team this season, you know, much less uh, for the next few years? I know he's got that big contract, but it's hard to say that a player like him or Panarin who makes that much money won't get bought out. I mean, especially if this is how they're going to perform. So, and uh, yeah, man, it's just more questions than answers right now. And lots of finger pointing, and uh, it's just hard to imagine that not even it's not even Christmas time, and I'm already re- throwing in the the white towel on the season. It's really a shame, man. It just sucks. Uh, is there a universe where this team can right the ship and somehow make their way into the playoffs in a wild card spot? Uh, maybe, but I'm I if I was a smart man, I wouldn't put money on it. I hope they would shove it up my pie hole and, and prove me wrong, but I just don't see that mentality in this team. I mean, it's, uh, it's frustrating, and it sucks. And, you know, they face another team that is struggling mightily in the St. Louis Blues who have had a bit of an up-and-down season um, this year. But uh, you know Pavel Buchnevich, if he is in the lineup, is going to uh, score against the Rangers. Um, Jordan Bennington, who has been struggling, is probably going to start and actually find his footing, even though he's been a bit of a tire fire recently. Um, you just have to hope Shesterkin is up to the, the task. Cause I mean, uh, but I guess, you know, it's cause obviously at this point winning's unacceptable, but if they do lose, it's weird. I mean, apart if honestly, if the Rangers lose this game versus St. Louis blues, outside of like the the most lopsided terrible puck luck for a team that's dominating i don't a part of me just thinks that they've given up and i wonder if that means they've given up on the coaching staff which is weird cuz you would think they'd love turk i mean every player's ever played for him he's a player he's a player's coach they might not always agree with how he does things or the the constant blending of lines but he usually goes to bats for his guys and you know outside of Italy Kraftsoff, i can't imagine why any of the vets wouldn't love him he lets them do whatever he wants he lets them do whatever they want but it's not enough, and you know, I you hope he's at least kicking over some trash cans because unfortunately, it seems like this team needs that sometimes. You're just not afraid to look each other in the eye and say, you know, be accountable for playing like shit. And listen, that goes for a player like Jacob Truba, who I know. Listen, I everyone is dumping on him this year. Uh, he gets the C, and it everything goes to hell in a handbasket. 
Is it his fault? No, but obviously when you accept the C, this is what you accept. You accept ownership and responsibility. Um, I think he cares. I really do. Do that obviously that doesn't that's not an excuse. You can care all you want, but it's a like I said, it's a results based business and he is not producing he is he's just fighting it all year and you don't know if that's mental you hear all these rumors about an injury and yet he re- refuses to sit out because and Gallant says he wouldn't you know he wouldn't let that happen but is that best for was that what's best for him and his ego or is that what's best for the team you know he feels like he can't he would be leaving them high and dry and I do admit if he walks out it's not like the Rangers have like a, a ton of other better options but it's just uh it's just, yeah, I mean, it's a, I think it's a failings all around. It's failing of Chris Drury in some of these contracts he maybe didn't have to give out. Um, it's a failing on the team and the leadership of the team, the older guys, the, the money makers, for not leading this team out of a difficult spot and, and becoming the answer when they need it. It's a failing on the coaching staff for no matter how this keeps happening and saying all the right platitudes, they basically act that, you know, when asked why can't the team figure this out, basically saying, well, it's like almost the equivalent of, well, we can't, if it's not like we can put our sticks and, you know, our helmets and, and gloves on and, and skates on and get out there, which is a total, you know, basically abdicating any responsibility, which is bullshit. It, it, it starts and stops with you. You know, there, you should be able to have a team come, play motivated and pissed off. I haven't seen a motivated Rangers team in a while now. So on that note, like I'd mentioned, this next block here is uh, maybe one of the most difficult ones the Rangers will play all season. And it's basically their season right here, right here. This is it. You know, I mean, if they can go a, if they somehow win every single game of the next four or five games against five of the toughest teams in the league, Maybe I can say, you know what, they can salvage this, but I just, I don't see it. And I'm trying not to be negative. You know me, I'm Mr. Glass Half Full, but it's, it's just, it's their efforts recently and, and the, the total depths to which they have stooped has just drained it out of me. So I'm sorry if I can't be more positive about it, but um, we'll see. I mean, I'm still going to tune in like a, a sucker and get my uh you know take my medicine even though this team has done nothing to reward my faith uh but i have mistakenly thought a few times the rangers had reached rock bottom and yet they still find a new low somehow so it would be wise for us all to not make that mistake again so unfortunately for the next game i think all we can really do is watch with bated breath and uh, hope for something, anything. And at this point, I think I'm just looking for a pulse. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter, at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter, at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.